young ladies, the older man said conspiratorially, will on the whole be searching for a clue as to your intent to them, and are apt to see love where it simply is not meant. That is why, Mr. Brodie, I would not suggest purchasing roses for anyone save your mother. Roses? Roses, Mr. Baldwin confirmed with a nod. The flowers of love, Mr. Brodie. Jonathan heard a slight giggle from behind him, and turned to see that the two customers he had barely noticed before were in fact the Fettel sisters. As they noticed the son of Sir Roger Brodie of Maplebridge Hall, the two women curtsied low, their frocks covered by the jackets they had taken to ward off the cold January wind. "'Good day,' murmured Jonathan quietly, and he turned away from them, back to Mr. Baldwin, whose wheezing laugh had only increased. "'I <laughs> beg pardon, young sir,' the elderly man said with a knowing look. "'I do not jest.' I assure you, but I think those two young ladies were rather hoping that you would be looking for a valentine. Jonathan smiled good-naturedly. A valentine? I had heard from some of my acquaintance, Lady Audrey, you remember, my god-sister, that flowers and cards were exchanged by some on St. Valentine's Day, but I had assumed that it was a French fashion. Oh, no, far from it, said Mr. Baldwin patriotically. What did the French know of love? It was difficult to hide his smile, but Jonathan managed it. Well, they do say that French is the language of love, Mr. Baldwin. Flowers are the language of love, replied Mr. Baldwin, his voice emphatic. And there is no better language than I know. No, Mr. Brodie, the tradition of exchanging a love note, accompanied by flowers, is one that is very traditional on St. Valentine's Day, and one that... Many of my customers are proud to partake in. Jonathan knew not to take Mr. Baldwin too seriously, and he was proved right when he saw the sparkle in the old man's eye. And best of all, he whispered to his customers slyly, they always purchase those valentines from me. Jonathan joined in with the old man's laughter. It didn't matter how far he went, he thought. He was a son of Maplebridge, just like Mr. Baldwin was and that brought them together despite class or background and that brought them together despite class or background now now said jonathan eventually lord mr baldwin to come on such an innocent errand as to procure some flowers to lift my mother's spirits and to be so accosted for valentines the world's gone mad i assure you here are the greens you wanted father the voice was quiet almost spoken in the hope that it would not actually be heard. The words came from the assistant that had been working so diligently behind Mr. Baldwin, and Jonathan's eyes moved lazily over to the figure, almost without thought. He stared. In the full ten minutes that he had been conversing with Mr. Baldwin, he had not given a second glance to the assistant, bundled up in a greatcoat that was several sizes too big, and yet now that he looked properly, he saw that it was not the young jeopard lad that Mr. Baldwin had taken on this winter, but his daughter, Penelope Dryden. Of course, Jonathan had seen Miss Dryden before, several times, in fact. It was hard not to live in the small village of Maplebridge and not meet the entire population as you grew up. And yet, when he thought about it, he could not recall ever having a conversation with her. He could not recall ever hearing her speak. He must have done, surely. 
and yet no part of Jonathan's memory could bring it to mind. Save from attending church, he could not recall even seeing her outside this floristry shop where she had been brought all those years ago as an orphan child. Mr. Brody, Mr. Baldwin's voice cut through Jonathan's thoughts and brought him straight back to the florist shop where he was standing. I have put the fern aside for your mother and some of the daffodils that she's so fond of. But are there any other flowers that I can offer you on this cold January morning that could bring a stir of joy to Lady Brodie's heart? Jonathan's mouth opened, but it did not speak. His eyes were too busy engaged drinking in everything that was Miss Dryden. How was it possible that he could not have noticed before that the dark raven hair so expertly pinned up was so beautiful?